on today's crossover locked on Mavs locked on Suns is it over for the Mavs have the Suns just stamped their identity on this series where can the Mavs get an edge we'll talk about all that and more on today's crossover locked on Mavs locked on Suns let's go I'm Luka Doncic and this is locked on Mavs Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and Phoenix Suns. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs and Suns your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. And the best way you can help our shows is to comment below. And you know what we're doing during this crossover. Go comment. Let's go, Mavs. On the Suns pages, go comment, let's go Suns, or whatever. I need way more let's go Suns. <laughs> let's multiply it by 10. It's time, 2-0, we're headed to Dallas, let's get this thing kicking. Comment, let's go Suns, I guess, on uh, on, on, on both. Now, so. Everywhere, go just tweet it for no reason. <laughs> uh, I'm Nick Gangstead, I'm, I already introduced myself. Joining me, as always, on the crossover, host of Locked on Suns, Brennan Clean, what you got for me? I wish that I had boxing gloves is what I wish that I had because I think we're fighting today. Everybody just, we didn't get intense enough the first time. So I guess, I mean, we're, we're several states from each other, but you might have a bloody nose by the end of this. I hope you're ready. Um, I'm, uh, the Dukes are up, man. Whatever we got left over here after that that round the, the Mavs and Suns went. Uh, all right. Their Dukes needed to be up is what needed Two to games are done. And like everyone says, the series doesn't start till someone wins at home, right? Uh, or something. Let's start there. Is it over for the Mavs? Because the way that it, the way that the series went in game two, in game one, the Mavs had a chance to win in game one. It felt like there was opportunities that they just missed. It felt like in game one, there were areas where, okay, if they're a little bit better here, they get off to a better start in game in game two. Then all of a sudden, like this, the Mavs could could take one of these games. And then game two happened, and we were just talking about this. <laughs> It's a three-point game at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And the Suns, they sunburned the Mavs. It's what they've been doing all season is yeah. they just wait around and wait around, and then they just go go on this blitz run in the fourth quarter. Uh, what did you see in that fourth quarter run, especially from the from a Mavs point of view, that just made you think either it's over or that, well, that's maybe just what the, what the Suns do, and that won't happen every single game? And this is going to sound somewhat basic, but it's what a lot of playoff series come down to. I think the Suns just have more answers. They still have things left to go to that they haven't or types of games that, that we haven't seen. The Mavs feel like they are already at the bottom of the barrel a little bit. and Like the one adjustment the Suns have made so far is to play Bismack Biombo because Aiton was in foul trouble. Yeah. Like that, that's the yeah. only adjustment they've really made. We haven't made. seen the Suns like... I mean, the big story was obviously they went at Luka. We all talked about that plenty. Yeah. They haven't really attacked like Davis Bertans. He's playing 20 minutes, and it doesn't yeah. really feel like the Suns bother with it. The Jalen Brunson is somebody that I think the Suns could potentially go at more and challenge and see if he's up to the task of guarding. They haven't done that. But on the Mavs side, you saw them trying things in game two, like they were trying to double and blitz Chris Paul a little bit more. They really did not have the the weapons to do that or the, the I guess, kind of focus level, execution level to pull that off. It just feels like personnel-wise and, and scheme-wise, like the adjustment game is just getting ahead of the Mavs right now, and that's more than anything. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, put too much weight into one game down the toilet. It is what it is. The next time, I don't know if Paul does what he did in the fourth quarter, but 
The Suns can win other ways, and we haven't even seen one way the Mavs can win. The the reason why it felt like on yes on yesterday's lockdown Mavs, it kind of felt like we were saying this series is over if you just took our vibe. Like if you just took a vibe check from us and said, Well, what do these let me just tune into these Mavs podcasters and see what they have to say. It felt like we were saying the series is over because this is not new from the Suns, right? This is what they do. They 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 shoot really well. And so some people were saying Oh, they shot 60, 50, 100 in the first game. They're not going to do that again. Well, guess what? They did it again. They had the fourth quarter run and and all that. And it's just something that this team does. And the Mavs have have had issues and have issues have had issues with that during the regular season a little bit. But then also um, they have issues that they need to sort out, especially the foul trouble. I think the foul trouble totally threw them off more so than the Suns. Like, the Mavs' margin of error is so much smaller than the Suns. The fouls and the weird fouls in Game 2 going back and forth, I I said yesterday that I don't think that either team got an advantage with how weird the fouls were. It was like, at sometimes the Mavs had an advantage, sometimes the Suns had an advantage, but overall, I think it it hurt the Mavs more because their margin of error is so much smaller. So, Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't play for a lot of this game. Like He has been leading the NBA in, in playoff minutes and only plays what, like 20, 20 minutes in that in that game? That That's a player that the Mavericks need on the floor almost 100%, 100% of the time. Yeah. And so the foul trouble definitely hurt the Mavs in that area, hurt their rhythm, hurt you know a lot of things. Obviously, Luka had to play a lot more. Luka had to put forth a lot more effort, so he's not able to do much defensively at the end of the game. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's one of the reasons why it felt like it was so tough for the Mavs because the Suns, <laughs> Chris Paul, has Chris Paul played 30 minutes in, in the series yet? He actually sat a lot, and he checked himself out in that fourth quarter. I mean, as much as we're talking about Luca being tired, it did take a lot out of Chris Paul, but it was the differences. It was just extending the lead to where he could sit. He actually never even came back in after that. It felt like he might have no, to. He didn't. He didn't. He got to. it done. Uh, yeah, I think part of the foul thing was who was getting the fouls called on them. For the Mavs, it was a lot of their perimeter guys. I mean, it was yeah. Powell also, but it's like between Brunson and Finney Smith, those guys need to be making jumpers and getting in rhythm for, for a big man. I mean, JaVale McGee, nothing changes. When he goes back out there with no. four fouls, he knows he only needs to survive for 12, 15 minutes. So he can go ta- tackle Maxi Kleba, <laughs> and it's not going to make a difference. I mean, I'm not obviously advocating for that. That was a, a brain fart, a very Shafton moment from JaVale. But that's – No, it was on purpose. It was targeted, Brendan. They're coming out. It's a dirty oh, okay. play. They're trying to hurt the mother. <laughs> Exactly. Well, they got a Reggie Bullock three that shouldn't have counted off of that. So no, the uh, four point play. He got four points off of that play. That's true. He got. So So, yeah, and I think that's why the fouls only affected. I felt like it affected the Mavs so much more. Um, Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of where I came back to with some of this stuff too. Is it's like, I think all of the Mavs players will probably just play a ton of minutes going forward, where they didn't really in games one and two, and that obviously helps, but. Uh, at the same time, I mean, I think the other thing to look at would just be do the role players step up. And I think you could see a game. We haven't really seen like the, you know, Finney Smith and Bullock both are just bombing away game. Maybe Dinwiddie too. Like, you know, there is a a game in the Mavs where they make 23s or something. And and Luca actually has 10 plus assists. That's supposed to happen at home, right? I mean, when the series comes back home, the role players are supposed to step up. I think you could see a game where that happens. And if it's two to one, things look a lot different. That's an area where the Mavs can get an edge, right? Even in game two, though, they shot 40% from three and took 41. Like, I don't, <laughs> they'd have to get yeah. super, super hot against the Suns yeah. team, which goes back to my point. Their margin of error is just way smaller. And so, yeah, there is that game coming up. And Brunson has been bad. 
Brunson has been terrible. He's not been the player that the Mavs had in the Jazz series. And so that's that's an area where, I mean, he's got to take these last two games. And we talked yesterday a lot about how this is probably a wake-up call for Luka. Didn't get enough, didn't have enough time to talk about how this is a wake-up call for Jalen Brunson. What do you what do you see the Suns doing against Jalen Brunson that's causing him to uh, just not be ag- aggressive or even like not even get a bunch of shots up. Like he only got 12 shots up in game two. Well, I mean, I, I thought I was going to have to like pull this out of you. Uh, you just served me up a softball. One of the Go things ahead. that you guys Here it is. Here it is. said <laughs> in, in the preview that I, I pushed back on, but I, I just let it slide because I figured we give it, we'll all see soon enough. Devin Booker is not a bad defender. That hasn't been true in a while. I heard you say I mean, this about Luca learned that in game two. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it was uh, Harald was Volgaris who, who tweeted that Booker held Brunson to 0.22 points per possession when he defended him. I think it was 20 defensive possessions. Yeah, 0.22 is bad if, if anybody uh, was needing the math done there. Booker is not a mismatch. He's not a mismatch in a late, late clock switch against Luka. He's not a mismatch against Brunson. He, I was worried his, his injury might affect him more. We talked about that in the preview when we crossed yeah. over the first time. But that hasn't seemed to be a problem. And if, if, he's athlete, if his athleticism is there, if he can move, uh, that's, that's not a, a thing you want to attack. The Suns, their starting lineup does not have a weak link. And I think that's part of it. I mean, we just saw the Jazz defense collapse. They couldn't make, you know, one, two rotations in a defensive possession. The Suns are probably the best pick-and-roll defensive team in the NBA just from a term, in terms of, like, rotating, flying around the way they do. And I think that's been the biggest problem for Brunson. And he's just smaller than everybody. There's no small guys like Mitchell or, or others to take advantage of. Well, and it's it's the team defense that the Mavs try to play and have played all year. It's the everybody knows where they're supposed to be. It's the rotations are crisp. It's knowing when, okay, when the ball gets swung over here, I know this guy has to come over from the, the one block and go all the way over to the opposite corner because he's the only guy that has the ability to get there. He's not you're not gonna help from one pass away. Like you're gonna you're gonna help from from farther over. It's it's that kind of stuff that the Suns have, plus the Aiton or JaVale or even Biombo, I guess, as the rim protector back there. The Mavs don't have that right now. I mean, personnel-wise, they don't have it. Maxi Kleba has been that in the past. He's not been as good of a rim protector. He's been a decent, like, you know, uh, one-on-one defender, but not necessarily a, a rim protector where he's helped side coming over to, you know, to block and all that. Uh, but the Suns have that. And so for Jalen Brunson to go up against – all that team defense and then the rim protector as well. It's been, it's been tough for him to even try to get off shots, which is one of the reasons why Luca has been putting forth so much effort in on offense is because at times, and especially to start games when the Mavs spot the sun's nine points, <laughs> both, both games, it's because they come out and all of a sudden nobody can pass. Nobody can dribble. It's like who can drive and who can, who can make a, a, a good pass. And the Mavs all of a sudden find themselves back to where they were in that first year in the playoffs against the Clippers where nobody could do either because the Clippers were just so good. Um, but coming up, let's shift focus a little bit to the Phoenix Suns. Um, what kind of things could we see the Suns doing if the Mavs come out and they do hit like 50% from three? Could, what adjustment could the Suns make? Not, not that the Suns have to make any adjustments right now, but what are things we could see from them in games three and four? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I love them. You got to check the website all the time because they're coming out with flavors and then they'll just be gone, sold out already. If you were looking at the granola bars, the chocolate peanut butter and the white chocolate berry are already sold out. You can go get chocolate coconut still um, and you can go get, I guess, a mixed box. But I guess if there's only one flavor left and you mix the box, it's just one flavor left. I don't know what's going on there. Still solid flavors always left. Churro puff is there. Mint brownie, cherry barcia. 
Um, the peanut butter brownie is really good. Cookies and cream is a great one as well. Go check out Built Bar. You can use them as a snack. Some people use them as like a quick breakfast if you want to grab something on the go. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. It's LOCKED15. That's 1-5, the number 1-5 at Built.com. All right, Brendan, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs and Suns your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board. It's DFW's own Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board. I said this yesterday, and I'll say it for your audience as well. Chad Ford, you guys know who Chad Ford is, basically took the, took the mantle of draft guru and placed it right on top of Rafael Barlow and said, hey, this is yours. Take the draft board. You're the next guy. And so go listen to Rafael Barlow and anything on the draft. Uh, locked on NBA Big Board on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Rafael was, I think he made a short doc. He's a, uh, he's, he's, he's incredible. He's very he's smart a, guy. But he's a videographer. He's a, he's everything. He's great. He's a multi-hyphenate, as they say. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is where Good I want to start, Nick. Uh, you talked about him at the end there. He was really the one weakness, uh, weak point for the Suns in game two. He suffered from some of that foul trouble, obviously. He had the weird kind of questionable flagrant. I, I don't, I don't know if that gets called unless the officials are already being so, I said that yesterday too. Conservative. I, I, I didn't think it, yeah. it should have been called either, but like the action is a flagrant, but I didn't think the intent was there from him. And so I, I always I, think I you just can called it tell when guys that the instant reaction in their eyes in the replay. And when the whistle blew, he was like, he was genuinely shocked, which makes me feel like it wasn't. Uh, Most players that go against Dwight Powell are shocked when his face ends up colliding with a part of their body. Cause he just like his face just gets fouled every game. They're usually surprised, but. This is like TJ Warren. When when he was on the Suns, he fell to the ground in a heap every night, every single night. Uh, some people seem to like to get injured. But Aiton was also quiet on top of the fouls. Um, four for him. It wasn't like he really was in jeopardy of, of getting fouled out. And he actually didn't even come back into the game in the didn't fourth quarter to. until there were six minutes left. And then he only played a couple because Bismack Biombo was playing so well, got a block at the basket, was finishing all that good stuff that we know the Sun centers are going to be able to do when Chris Paul's out there with them. So I don't necessarily feel like obviously the Suns won the game, so you don't get scared too much about Aiton. But did you feel like there was something different going on with him in terms of why he didn't feast the way that he did in game one? I mean, he was the Suns' leading scorer in game one, and then in game two it was kind of like, yeah, they don't really need him. We've seen that with the Suns all year, but I also think it's something if you're the Mavs, you probably think, hey, can we do that again? One of the things we talked about in our adjustments episode was that they need to get Aiton to keep out of the paint, right? He just can't get position on this Mavs team because they have nobody that can guard that can guard him, like uh, if they're not fronting him, right? Like nobody. Once he gets the ball and he's close enough to the basket, he can do all those little like hook shots or the turnaround fadeaway type jumpers. The Mavs are okay if those are fifteen to seventeen feet from the basket. But if they're, you know, between like five and 10 feet from the basket, those are much easier for him. And so the Mavs, I think they tried to get him away from the basket more. And it's one of those things where they have to be able, they have to focus on where he is at all times almost. He's become that type of player where you just have to know, especially because of how the Mavs are set up and their personnel, you have to know where he is because he can't just catch everybody else looking at Chris Paul, looking at Devin Booker, looking at, you know, Jay Crowder talking his mouth about whatever he's doing over over in the corner. And then all of a sudden Aiton just kind of sneaks in, slips over, 
to the to, you know to the one one block or the other, and all of a sudden he's got deep position real quick on somebody. Maybe it's even a switch, and it's it's you know Brunson on him, it's Bullock on him, it's Luca on him, and then he has a big advantage there. So I thought they did a better job at that. That was the one thing that they tried to adjust and change, and it did work. So that's a positive thing for the Mavs. But um, you know, I think that the foul trouble is what really kept him out the most. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, he I, I said in the last segment like the shooters on the Mavs were the ones that had the fouls, and I think that. It's just going to hurt you more if you're a perimeter guy. You don't get to run around. You don't get to get shots up. It's going to make your your flow worse. But I think Aiton is a little bit like that too, where we've just seen games where sometimes he's just out of it. Something goes wrong, and, and he's mm. not right. And the Suns don't always need him to be excellent to win. We thought it was going to be such a big X factor in this series, but uh, well, the – Well, and his game is more like rhythm-based than you would think like a big man, yeah. right? He's not like – he's. He's not like uh, like Shaq, right? Like no. you remember Prime Shaq would just like okay drop step and he's just gonna jam on your head or he's just gonna like he can just power through. Like Aiton's game is a little bit more finesse in that way. He's gonna get those hooks up. He's gonna fade away. It's I mean it, he, he shoots jumpers, so it's have the you same watched, kind of thing. Have you watched the Winning Time, uh, the HBO thing on I'm the behind, Lakers? Yet? But I've watched it. There's that episode where you may not have seen this one yet, but there's the episode where uh, Magic Johnson's trying the hook shot before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's an empty gym, and Magic Johnson's just doing the the hook shot. The guy that plays Magic is, is amazing. I, I, so want, I want to be his friend. Um, and then Kareem walks in, and Kareem's like, "This is not like, this is not how you do a hook shot. Don't mess up my shot in, in front of me." And he talks about how it's like when you're a, when you're a center like that, your back is to the basket. All of a sudden, you have the ball, and nobody can see where your face is. Nobody can see what your face is doing when you're in this position and when you're, you know, you're back to the basket and you're about to do this move. Aiton kind of has that and he needs a little bit of a second to have the ball, sit there, feel out where the defense is, know which move he's going to go to and then do it. And so if the Mavs try to like, if they get it out of his hand quick, try to make him make a quick decision or a rush decision, then it, it it's rough for him. Um, they did it a little bit in this game, also got him in foul trouble. So I think that's yeah. that's one area that... Um, helped for the Mavs now. The fourth, it didn't matter in the fourth quarter. He wasn't yeah. even out there. So Yeah, I mean, defensively with Aiton, I have uh, another bone to pick here. So, And this wasn't you. This was Isaac. And I did push back <laughs> a little bit. Not a great pick-and-roll defender. I think we might need to reevaluate that. Don't make bit. me speak for Isaac. Don't I make won't. me defend Isaac. Not. But Aiton, I mean, I, I think I know what Isaac was actually doing is – he wants the Mavs to sign DeAndre Ayton, so he was trying to deplete his value. He was trying to <laughs> he was trying to make the Suns think like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe Robert Sarver is going to listen to our crossover. We'll see. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. That that's the only thing I can think of because uh, it's it's not really accurate. Ayton's been good in this series defensively. Every every single. I mean, even on switches, he's. I, I'm looking here. He's only allowed Luca to shoot four of ten, and he's only fouled him once. I think you can. There's sometimes when you look at analytics numbers, synergy, or wherever you decide to look at numbers, you can find a number you're looking for, right? Like you can you can make numbers look however you want at certain points if you do a certain number of possessions and things like that. I don't know what Isaac was looking at, but <laughs> well, I think he said. I mean, he said it's from Rudy to Aiton. I could understand how yeah, your right, your offensive right. strategy is going to change. You might feel a little bit more like you can drive to the basket against Aiton than you maybe did. It was the three-time defense yeah, like of the year. The Mavs went from the the best defensive center in the NBA to like the third best center, yeah. like defensive center in the yeah. NBA behind Embiid, maybe. Is there no, is there another defensive center that is? I up mean, there with those guys? in terms of the style they play, I think that's been pretty similar. I mean, Bam and Jaron Jackson, those guys, they're more switch guys. Aiton can do that too, but I go he's, uh, he's make... he, they play similar. The Jazz play similarly, and I think you're just seeing the difference between the personnel a little bit too. For but sure. 
The other thing from the Suns' perspective, I was talking about the other ways they can win. Um, we haven't seen like the holy crap Devin Booker game yet. Mm. We've and, seen we've seen like moments and quarters and runs, but it hasn't been yeah. he hasn't put together a full game yet. Yeah, this is a guy who had 31 in the first half of the game that he ended up getting injured in. I'm not saying that's common, of course, but he can do that. He's hasn't really had to. He's been able to play within the flow. I mean, the Suns are worse when he goes into hero ball. There's there's a reason that he scored 40 in a couple finals games and they didn't win those, you know. But at the same time, I, I think that that's on the table. I think that just begs the question defensively, what do the Mavs do? Because I saw some thought of like, let's maybe re change the matchups up a little bit. Maybe you don't put both of your great defenders on Booker and Paul, but instead you have them in help situations a little bit more. Um, Mike Prada from SB Nation, he was pointing yeah. out Dorian Finney-Smith has not been very good on Devin Booker. I think that's clear with how well Booker's been able to play. It doesn't seem like the Mavs defenders are doing much to make Chris Paul and Devin Booker slow down. So maybe if you change things around, if they're going to be hunting anyway, you at least get some help in the right places. Do you think that holds any water? Yeah, let's let's feed the food to them right, like, right, right away and then try to push There's them away. There's not a I great mean, answer. These are the types of, of changes that the Mavs have to make. And, and maybe it's something as simple as, like, let's switch Bullock and Finney-Smith. Let's put let's try Bullock on, on Booker and then Dorian Finney-Smith on, on Chris Paul. Dorian has done pretty well on point-of-attack type guys like Chris Paul. We were waiting all series for the Donovan Mitchell game in the, in the first series, and he had, you know, 30 points every game, I think, but he never had like a 35, 40 point game or anything like that. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe it switch those guys. Maybe it is just start with, with somebody else on them or it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the Mavs are kind of running out of, of personnel to throw out there. Yeah. Cause they're, their next guard. Maybe, maybe it's start with Dinwiddie on him. And then, I think you know, Dinwiddie's the type of guy for me that I know he's not been special in this series by any means, but just with how big and long he is, if you're going to be switching so much, I think he's somebody that at least physically matches up a little bit better than a Brunson does, or obviously, you know, you get down further, Josh Green or any of those. So, you know, maybe Dinwiddie plays 30-plus. I continue to feel like Maxi playing as much as possible would be good for Dallas and maybe starting on when he's in the game, starting possessions on Chris Paul. That way you can switch the DeAndre Ayton pick and roll. That hasn't really been their initial look very often. They've been was playing it, Maxi with another big a lot. Sorry, was it in, in the regular season? Didn't the Mavs start with, with Maxi on Chris Paul in a couple yeah. of games as well? Like, yeah, not, and Draymond not, did that for most of the three games that the Warriors played them. So we've seen that because it's an easy thing. They run so much pick and roll. If you start a big man who's switchable on Paul, then he ends up on Ayton. You feel okay about it. And yeah. he's he's he only just wants to get to those elbows, right? Like he's not trying to get all the way to the rim. That's not his game. And so he put Unless a bigger Luca in front of him. Then he <laughs> might try it. Just the just the just the nail and the <laughs> just twist the knife there on me. Let's um, uh, let's go to game three here a little bit more. Give our our final sort of thoughts where we are in the series and what we could look for as the series heads to Dallas. A Friday night game, which uh, is relaxing for all of us. We don't have to be so worried about it, but let's get to that in a second. First of all, guys, today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline, your number one source for betting stats, info, news. They even have podcasts over there. Everything you need as you get through the basketball playoffs and evaluate, hey, okay, what am I, I know what I'm rooting for, but what am I actually going to put my money on? NBA series odds are still up, of course. The Mavs are at plus 750. 
Suns are at oh, minus it's, oh, it's dropping. It's dropping. Minus twelve hundred now. Minus twelve hundred. Wasn't it like minus two ten to start? Oh my gosh. The, the 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 Mavs are getting the same amount of respect from Bet Online as the Sixers are. That feels depressing. Oh. Um, the Suns a, are also plus two hundred to win the title. Game Game Three is a pick 'em right now, by the way. So yeah, Sun, the Suns fans have been. Suns fans, I would maybe go run at that. Run at that. Yeah, basketball. well, that's fair. I mean, they're they're getting the they're getting the away team love, but some of these lines have been so narrow. It's just like, yeah, I'll go with the I'll go with the series stuff for the props. Bet online has all of that as well, of course, guys. Your continued sport source for sports wagering info across all sports, including esports and live betting, all of it. Head to the website today. Use their mobile app. Learn more about the latest trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Brennan, crossover Locked On Mavs, Locked On Suns. If you haven't yet, leave your comment below on YouTube. Let's go Mavs, let's go Suns. Um, just don't do let's go Brendan and spell it wrong. That's all That's all that I ask you to do. Um, what are some What are some things in, in game three that you're expecting from the Suns? Do the Suns just, I mean, what are they even, pra- what are they even looking at in, in practice or in game field? Like what is something that they could even just say, hey, we're just going to roll the ball out and do the yeah. same thing again? I mean, the thing is, it's a little bit less of an X's and O's than we've really been talking about. But if you just look back at what happened to them in their first round, um, you want to talk about wake-up calls. Like, they shouldn't, in theory, no offense to anybody, the Pelicans fans had a run at me too, but like, (laughs) 1-8 matchup, you should not go to six games in an ideal world. And they got that. So I think that what we will see from the Suns is, Pedal to the metal. Uh, I think DeAndre Ayton said after that that kind of scary fourth quarter in game one when the Mavs pushed him a little bit, he said, break the pedal uh, wow. with, with how much, you know what I mean? With how you know, much that, makes you the, that makes the car stop. Do you know that? Yeah, that doesn't go well. Or, yeah, or it, it means that the car goes and doesn't stop. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think, Runs uh, into stuff. Here, here's I think another- that's, that's going to be what we'll see. They'll, they'll just want to get out and win this thing and, and try to put it away. Another thing I'm seeing from from Mavs fans is, well, the Suns, they went up 2-0 on the Bucks last year in the finals. What's the difference between that series in the finals and then this series right now? Well, I think the, the benefit of hindsight, it's less about matchups because we saw in the finals last year, I think a lot of Suns fans came away feeling like, wow, the Bucks were just such a, ba- a bad matchup for the Suns. But we've seen things, and, and that's true. They have a great roster. Their defense is incredible. But we've seen teams try to replicate some of what worked for the, the Bucks. I mean, what worked against uh, for the Clippers in the last playoffs against the Suns, too, which yeah. is go small, switch, etc. The Bucks are just really freaking good. And they had a guy who, was, who had his first championship in his sights and decided to just go to another level. Not to say Luka can't do that, but it's... Uh, it's just different. I mean, that roster is just better. I mean, I think that's the way I look at it. That 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 Bucks roster is championship caliber. I just don't think this Mavericks one is. And you just look at, I mean, the difference between the second star between Middleton and Brunson. There's just a difference yeah. of I don't know what six six eight inches. <laughs> like, well, and it's Holiday, really. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, yeah, true. The difference between Dinwiddie and Holiday is is large. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing like that that Dallas hasn't been able to do that even the Pelicans were able to do with Jose Alvarado at, at different times. You have to blow up the Suns at the point of attack. You can't let them run mm. their pick and roll comfortably and get the types of shots that they want to get because you're going to give them nine points, like you said, right? It's like they need the Mavericks just don't have somebody to just blow up plays, make Chris Paul uncomfortable, make him give the ball up, 
the Suns are comfortable right now, and I think they will be, and they'll want to make a big first quarter like they have been and, and try to just, again, put it away. In that game two, and even, I guess, in game one a little bit, the Suns have been attacking Luka, and it's it's it, Luka's tired. He's coming off that calf injury that he came back from in the first round. Uh, there's all these different things you can say because he's got such an offensive load on him, but um, how much would you put blame on Luka from a Suns perspective? How much would you put blame on Luka for a Suns win, and how much would you put on the other guys just not showing up? Even like Maybe do a, maybe do a blame pie like percentage-wise. I think game two, to me, was about the Mavs' defense way more than their offense. And I think... The game, the Suns had 140 offensive rating. (laughs) Yes, that that would be correct. But a lot of it has been about, like, oh, Brunson... I mean, I know the Luka defense was... We like to clown people because we're mean, but, like, the offense (laughs) is getting a lot of attention, right? Like, why isn't Brunson? Why are they not making shots, et cetera, et cetera? I think it was the defense. And I think the most telling point of all of it uh, was in that third quarter when they started trying to double and they just don't have the legs to do that. Like, that's the obvious thing. When you're getting a a matchup you don't like is to say, okay, we're going to send extra attention. We're going to send an extra defender. We're going to help more from, you know, whatever point that we want to. We're going to send, you know, the weak side even stronger. We're going to leave this shooter, or in this case, we're going to double. And they were doubling from Jay Crowder, who was at the top of the arc, which is, not very smart in the first place, but they just had no chance of recovering, um, rotating around, making sure that the passes had to continue and forcing the Suns into a tough shot. That wasn't going to be possible, and I don't see a way that that changes. So I, I think Luca's a part of it, but we've seen offensive stars. We've seen superstar players who are a you know, little below average or even worse than that defensively, and they make it work because the team around them is able to pick it up. I, I don't put a lot of Blame on Lucas. Should he be able to hold up better? Should he be able to not get embarrassed? Obviously. I'm sure no Mavs fan likes seeing that. And we saw Chris Paul and Devin Booker laughing about it. But, like, come on. I mean, what is he supposed to do at the end of the day? I mean, be a professional? No, I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no. Could, all that you're talking about Chris Take Paul and Devin. that. No, what, Luka, what, what Chris Paul and Devin Booker should be doing is, I don't know, just act like you've been there before, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the difference, I think the difference in this series, all those things you just said are true. And Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith were literally like 45 and 44 minutes a night in the Jazz series. And right now they're at 34 and 30 minutes a night. Yeah. Like like average in the first two games. That is and just... And even Luka went down. He was yeah. at 45 in game one. He's only at 36. Why? I don't get that. Uh, tired. He went back to the locker room at one point. So maybe that yeah. he missed like a, a shift at that point. But... Uh, but yeah, and, and there's only one day off in between all these. I thought that that was possibly a Mavs advantage, and we'll see if if the series goes a little longer. Maybe it could be with you know Chris Ball's age and all that. But um, so far, so far it's been a son, been a Suns advantage because they don't have to play as many minutes. And you have the you know the Bucks Celtics over there getting three full days off over there. I don't understand what's going on at all. Yeah, there's no games as we're recording this on Thursday night. No. The, the other series are getting their days off right away. This is only going to happen between six and seven in the Suns Masters, which might not even get there. That's a dumb place to put the big break. That a lot of series don't even get that far. It, it never made sense. It was bad scheduling, no matter who it favors. Yeah, and and that they didn't change it when they knew that there's going to be no game sevens between the like Mavs Jazz and you know yeah. things like that, but. Yeah, the, the, you just look at those minutes and you say, well, something's gone wrong, right? Either those guys have gotten injured or – and it's been foul trouble. I mean, Reggie Bullock's averaging four and a half fouls a, a game for the first two games. 
Um, Brunson's averaging four fouls. It's been those two guys getting foul trouble, Dorian Finney-Smith getting foul trouble the second game, and it just threw everything off because of that. And so I think that here we go again. The key for the Mavs, get off to a better start. Don't spot the Suns nine points in this. You get off to a better start. Maybe make the Suns work a little bit more, and then they don't have the legs to just, oh, let's start the game at 12 minutes left to go in the game, right, the fourth quarter. Let's just start the game here, right? I think that's the key for the Mavs. Uh, Do you have a key for the Suns? Uh, keep doing what you're doing, guys. (laughs) I shouldn't have have even thrown it to you. Just Brutal. just keep it up. That's that's my two cents. They they should hire me. I'll be a video assistant. I'll give them all the wisdom. Uh, we'll take it. We'll take it with you. There you go. Go listen to Locked On Suns for the rest of the week over uh, wherever you get your podcast, Locked On Mavs as well. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Mavs and Suns your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA with Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares. Great show on Fridays, they have local experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA. Not sure what they're talking about tonight because there's no, there's no games, but they'll talk about something great. They'll have a power ranking for you. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Suns, Locked On Mavs. Mm-hmm.